Hi, everybody, and welcome to a mind-defiling episode of 2K's One Episode. I'm Alex. And I'm Goat Jesus. And today, we are going to talk to you about what? Episode 22 of Neon Genesis Evangelion, uh, which is one of my favorite episodes of the series. Me too. Uh, And the episode title is At Least Be Human, and the second title is Don't Be. Uh, It was written by Hiroshi Yamaguchi, who I looked up, and he had like no other... Oh no, sorry, it's not Hiroshi Yamaguchi who doesn't have any other credits. Hiroshi Yamaguchi is a writer on the show, and Ano co-wrote it, because he co-writes every episode. And then it was co-directed by Soramaki, and Akira Takamura, who has like four credits ever, like this is the only thing he's ever done, is directed this episode of Evangelion, which is kind of wild. Yeah, you know what? Uh, good on him, because I... Wait, I mean, is there a discrepancy between who directed the director's cut episode and who directed the I think Ano directed the, all the director's cuts, maybe? I'm not sure. I don't know how they did that. I doubt they would have brought back the whole staff for that. Yeah, I feel like it was probably Ano or something. Director, um, probably. I mean, it is called the director's cut. It wouldn't... <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, okay, it's five... It's four episodes, right? Four episodes mm-hmm. of director's cuts, and yeah, probably just Ano directed them. So there are a lot of differences between the director's cut and the original on-air version of this. Um, yes. And I feel like the original on-air version has been scrubbed uh, clean of the of, of most modern releases of Evangelion. Um, I am pretty sure the G-Kids one doesn't use any of the on-air animations. Yeah. Um, they replaced a lot of the old animations with the director's cut animations, but they kept the episode length uh uh the same as the on-air version for the non-director's mm-hmm. cut ones so you're still watching director's cut content even uh not watching the actual director's cut episode uh the yeah the, they didn't just add scenes they also yeah. redid the animation in the in the eoe style because the eoe style is a little different than the nge than the actual yeah. series so they redid a lot of the animation to make it match end of evangelion so not use anagrams i should actually say what i'm talking about <laughs> a lot a lot of the uh a lot of the older animation seems to be really hard to find. We were both struggling uh, to find the original on-air version. Um, there is a there is a box set you can buy in Japan that is just mm. the TV broadcasts, and I'm pretty sure that would have all that. But I have the platinum edition, but I didn't have a chance to go check it. I'll probably check it later, and maybe we'll update you in the next episode. Just yeah. But uh, I really like the design overhauls, uh, personally. I think that the director's cut for this one is pretty largely successful, and all the scenes mm-hmm. that they add, I, I pretty much like all of them, even if they don't fit super well. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll <laughs> talk about that. They seem a little inserted at times. You know how but... you know Anno directed all the director's cut stuff? It's all his, <laughs> like, mindscape, someone freaking out, avant-garde crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so in terms of the first big director's cut change uh we add a scene with asuka flashing her boobs at kaji and whatnot so yes and and, and Uh, this is a awkward scene it's very uncomfortable yeah if you Um, were in kaji's position how would you react to this oh uh i think i'd punt her across the boat (laughs) (laughs) um no, but I, I, I would think, probably I, be like, please stop that. 
that's how I'd react, probably. Like, please don't do that. I think he I think he handled it well, to be honest, because this is the uh He he doesn't overreact necessarily, but he does put her down. He's just like, No. No, you're a kid. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't you're freak a kid. her out. But you yeah. do, you're not you're not old enough to do that stuff. So and uh <laughs> It's the Japanese um, way to handle it. <laughs> but it, it 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 speaks to a larger thing with Asuka. It's like a it's basically a self-contained character study in some ways because she's doing she's sexualizing herself for attention um <laughs> and her mother pretty which is something her mother didn't give her. I mean that's what drives her is, attention. is the ne- the neglect and so she wants attention because it's like something that she just didn't have in childhood. So Yeah um but yeah what do you think about the scene um i don't know if it adds much to be honest but it does sort of set the tone because it's really awkward it makes you uncomfortable this is a very uncomfortable episode uh it does remind us that kaji is important to i think this is the only time kaji appears in the episode at all in terms of flashbacks and stuff and uh i think it reminds you that he existed and that he was important to asuka and and that he's him, not a child predator which is definitely he's not a child predator that's good to know yeah. <laughs> yeah um but like yeah that he's gone now he's not there he's not around anymore oh that is a big thing right because yeah. in the last episode um we kind of dealt we, with his death and yeah. so well, even though she doesn't know he's dead he knows she knows he's gone <laughs> she doesn't yeah. know what happened to him so I think that's a huge part of why she's losing her sync ratio. Like her, she needs a support network. She won't admit it, but she needs a support network too, and she doesn't have it. And it's yeah. largely her fault. But I mean, she's also a little girl. So. Um. Yeah. And then we immediately jump to the doll motif, which will be absolutely essential to this episode. Yeah, as far as the doll stuff goes, it speaks to the fact that she not only kind of objectifies herself for attention and reduces herself to a doll, but also mm-hmm. resents the fact that uh, that she kind of considers herself one. It's it's sort of a she doesn't want to be one. That's the yes. most important thing. She doesn't want to. She, be a she doll. doesn't want to be one, but she's actually kind of done it in some yeah. ways. So. Um, she hates the idea of being uh, controlled and wants to have agency over herself completely, but is also controlled by uh, her own, like herself in a weird way. She's being like puppeted yeah. by by her expectations of what she wants from others. So it's a, mm-hmm. uh, and she, she takes that out on Ray later. Right? We'll talk about that later, but yeah, she can Ray, well, Ray confronts her actually is what happens. Yeah. We'll talk about it a bit. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, the the doll theme is actually really super important throughout the episode because in a lot of ways, children are dolls. Children don't have total agency, and they and a lot of times they can't. They're controlled by their parents, and controlled the, by their parents, or they're controlled yeah. by society, or they're like they just or they just don't have the faculties. They literally the can't experience. do things. Yeah, yeah, they can't do normal things. people so can. That's a lot of why I think uh, what's her name, Oscar. <laughs> that's a lot of why Oscar is like, look at me, I'm an adult. I can make choices for myself. I don't cry. I do. I make it. I have agency. I have power. That's a lot of I think of what uh, happens with Oscar's character. Yeah, but she really is just commanded by her, by her like carnal desire for attention, which is is is, yeah. is just really interesting. She wants any kind of attention. That's why she's acerbic. She's also German, 
to be fair. Um, das und Bros uh, uh, <laughs> I, I don't understand, because, like, uh, every German I've met, like, not that every German is the same, but, like, there's this certain cultural element to German people that they've really captured with Oscar, which I've always found really odd. Just, like, the assertiveness and the, well, we're going to have a conversation now and you don't have a say in the matter. <laughs> like, just that <laughs> assertiveness is, like, very common uh, with the German people I've met. So it's, that's that's... That's crazy. They must they must know some German people. <laughs> um, the dolls also reoccur through the motif of the Ava unit itself, where the Ava unit is like yep. something puppeted mm -hmm. by people and then Ray. And there's a, a few d d different incorporations of the doll motif throughout the rest of the uh, franchise. I mean, EOE has the doll scenes later. Yep. So uh, 24 does too, I think. Oh, no, 24 doesn't. Um. Doru. Uh, Doru. Doru. And, uh, but basically, Asuka's mother died. Uh, she killed herself, um, essentially, like hung herself, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, there's a bit here about the contact experiment, right? Is this where they mentioned the contact experiment this early? Oh, I don't know about they that. They say something about, like, oh, the con she went through the contact experiment and it drove her insane, which. Oh, right, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so basically, Asuka's mother's soul got absorbed into the unit, and her her mm -hmm. mind was essentially operating without a soul, and so it kind of went crazy. And yeah, uh, um, which is interesting because this is the third time we've heard about a contact experiment um, mm -hmm. involving someone's mother. <laughs> it's all mothers. Ritsuko's mother went through a contact experiment after she was dead, I guess. Uh, <laughs> the uh, and then obviously Yui, and now Nauka, uh, not Nauka, and now what's her name? Koryu, something like that. Koryu Zeppelin, sorry, something like that. Middle name is Zeppelin. <laughs> uh, but she uh, then, and then the next shot after that. So after they have the little bit with her in the hospital, talking about like, oh, who's that girl over there? I don't know her. Uh, they cut to Oscar eavesdropping on her father talking to a nurse, I think. And they're talking about, like, the nature of humanity and how humanity are basically a bunch of dolls. They really want you to embrace the doll theme. <laughs> so, so they have a whole, like, like 45-second conversation about dolls. Uh, and, and, and then you also get the vibe that this is someone her father is kind of intimate with or maybe having an affair with. Which, yeah. I, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychiatrist, but I think can often lead to issues that oscar's having when the father when their father doesn't respect their mother a lot of the time it's like oh he doesn't respect a woman i shouldn't respect myself like that does i believe that's psychologically sound do not take psychological advice from me uh, <laughs> but i think that's true uh and then after that we see we hear she's dead <laughs> all of a sudden um and uh we hear oscar's i think it's i think it's her stepmother it might be her grandmother or something, but I think it's her stepmother tells her it's okay to cry, and Oscar refuses. She wants to be a grown-up. Uh, what do you think of any of all these scenes? Anything jump out at you? So, I think that the part where she refuses and is, like, cold and, and basically hard and unfeeling in, like, a lot of ways speaks to a lot of the problems with the characters in Ava as a whole, where they refuse to sort of... Um, to sort of like acknowledge what they're going through a lot of the time there is a 
isolationist quality to uh um to Ava and I think uh like Ava itself is sort of a criticism of Japanese society in a lot of ways and how uh Japan sort of expects you to just operate uh as this unfeeling in a uh, cog in the machine type of deal and de-emphasizes the individual in favor of like a collectivist sort of society and by acknowledging your problems you're standing out too much and and uh trying to be uh sort of it's 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 considered inappropriate to be like a hyper individual in some ways um especially regarding mental health and so like Asuka as a young child refusing to acknowledge her feelings and her issues uh is very interesting because yeah that that's the big problem with a lot of characters in Ava is that they refuse to to sort of communicate their problems you know even Shinji who's considered uh a quite emotional uh, effeminate male by the fandom uh is is not really upfront about the way he feels and is extremely reserved and in unable to communicate properly about his feelings so um it's crazy that oscar would harden herself at such a young age but it, it does make sense it's like it's justified within the narrative um uh she's extremely intelligent and driven and very hyper mature for her age i think she even accomplishes uh or she's even a she tries to essentially be a, a an accomplished and smart kid while her mother is still alive, actually, um, uh, to impress her. Like, that's part of the, the motivation that Asuka has. Is, and so I think she considers her mother killing herself almost like a failing on her part. Like, it's like, I failed, and that just pushes her even more into wanting to succeed. It's It's like, I couldn't my mother hated me so much in some ways that uh you know because the because her mother was deluded and thought that that the doll that she had was oscar and so tried to kill yeah kill the doll too <laughs> and that <laughs> the doll's hanging in the one scene here oscar let me help you <laughs> yeah maybe she should be glad that her mother thought that the doll was her <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I think it. I think it is it in this episode where there's the Oscar's the line like, "Okay, mommy, I'll die with you" or something like that. Am I imagining that? I feel like there's something in twenty four, uh, if I'm not mistaken, with with Oscar. Mm, there is, um, but it's not that. It's not that. But I, I yeah, I might be misremembering. I might be mixing it up. The uh, in twenty four, it's just it's just she says, "Mama, I've been chosen to be a pilot, Mama," and then she opens the door and her mother's hanging there. That's the extent of that. So I really like the use of flashbacks in episode uh, 22 because mm -hmm. it's it, it first of all it front loads a lot of the flashback stuff and then we get into the present timeline and then if we do any kind of flashbacks later it's sort of justified via the the trippy yeah generally speaking um, flashbacks are considered like poor narrative form because mm -hmm. uh, they're kind of a crutch I think is the main thing. Uh, but I think they're effective here because if your flashbacks are short, for one thing, or if they're longer and the present day stuff is shorter, then you just need to make sure you have a focus. You make sure you have, you have to have a narrative focus, I think. And in this case, all the flashback stuff is informing whatever scene is coming next in the present day. So it's kind of jumping back and forth in a seamless way rather than, 
you know, with the. There was a problem with a show, an anime recently called Osama Ranking. And in Osama Ranking, it was it was pretty popular while it was airing, but it started to lean very heavily on flashbacks to the point where uh, there was an entire episode that was essentially um, 90% constructed of flashbacks, and the only present-day time stuff was just to connect loosely the flashbacks. Uh, and it was so egregious and mm-hmm. disorienting and unjustified a lot of the time. Uh, right. Where it would flashback to incidental characters that don't even really particularly matter. Yeah. And it, it would just be like, oh, look at this random character and how tragic their backstory is. And then oh. uh, and then they would die or something. You know, they would just be mm-hmm. killed immediately after that. It was like to, to generate some sort of like sympathy in the short term for random yeah. characters. But yeah. here, it's not only narratively justified why we're flashing back. A lot of the time it you know it, it's with it's focused it's like okay here's this episode is oscar man we're, oscar we're gonna so here are a bunch of oscar flashbacks yeah yeah and we've already we've already sort of not we've already sort of had rapport with oscar up until this point i'm very interested i'm very invested in yeah, i want to see these flashbacks that's one yeah. thing is as an audience i want to see the flashbacks yeah it's like it's a character we've we've come to know over a long period of time that is really interesting that is kind of out there um as a character and so it's answering like an audience question um Mm. which really helps as well it's like we want to see the flashback and i i think it's good that they held off until towards the end of the series to start delving into the backstories it's like okay we've seen a lot of present day stuff with them a lot of interactions with characters in the present now we want to know a bit about her so it's justified metatextually it's justified narratively it's justified you know it's very like it's like a mask of a phantasm sort of yeah we're we're well, no, Mesopotamia is different. Where the the A story is really the flashbacks, and then everything we see in the present is like a, a an explosion from that, or a, a flashback from that. Not flashback, like a, a blowback from that. And yeah. Gargoyles too. Gargoyles had the City of Stone episode. If anyone's familiar with that, where we saw all the stuff in the in the in the past, and the and the flashbacks were really the story, and then everything in the present was just here's the result of all that stuff that happened in the past. Um, so they were they were interconnected, and it was important that we saw it in that way. I think I, I think uh, it's also important to just not come across as manipulative a lot of the time with flash. Mm. I, I mean, this is a writing thing in general, but the less that you can come across as transparently manipulative, all storytelling is manipulation. But yeah. like, it, you know, flashbacks are one of the easiest ways to take an audience out when viewing something and feel like mm. they're being manipulated. And so the <laughs> you don't uh, want them to know they're being manipulated. That's all. Yeah, you don't want you don't want to. And so I think. I think starting it off with the flashback and then easing us into the present timeline d- gives mm-hmm. it more of a narrative flow. And then, and then like whenever Oscar does flashback later, it is diegetic. It's like through the angels it's through, you know, that sort of stuff. So it, I, I just, I really like it. I think it works. Yeah. Um, you yeah. want to, then... mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I was going to say, do you want to make another point or do you want to segue? To oh, no, the no, no, that's it. I think we should move on. Yeah. Um, so next we have uh, this. We see the uh, AV units being rebuilt. This sort of connects to the idea of them being dolls. They're constructs, even though they're biological. They're being regrown. They're being, it's also, it's also just cool to see them being rebuilt. This is a neat scene. Uh, and it also shows the echoes of episode 19 are still being felt. They didn't just like happen and everyone moved on and everything's fine. It's like the, 
things are starting to take their toll. It's not like in the initial couple episodes, it's like story happens. Next episode, everything's almost back to normal. It's almost a reset every episode. Now it's like, no, no, no. All the stuff from 16 onward is like wearing them down. They're, they're getting tired. <laughs> it's a lot to deal with. Uh, we also see uh, Masato addressing the fact that the Avas are angel-like. They're like the angels, and she wonders if she hates them too. A little bit of character development for her. We see Masato. The plates are still spinning for Masato. Uh, I did also quickly want to mention, just while we're on the subject of Masato, it's the last four episodes of NGE, besides the finale, the two-part finale, basically, are really about the destruction of the cast. Yeah, it's um, the systematic removal of Shinji's support system and yes. friend group. Yeah. Yeah, so the last episode, 21, was about Masato's downfall. She finds out Kaji's dead. It kind of changes her. Um, not as badly as Asuka's going to get changed in this episode. Not as badly as Ray's going to be changed in the next episode. And then Shinji's in the 24. But it, yeah. it just shows, yeah, the complete, like deconstruction of their being not in the narrative way but in a, a literal way almost part i mean part of the characters want versus need is everyone wants external validation in the show but what they need is internal validation mm -hmm. and so the fact that they're losing each other as a support system is very deliberate because it's asking the show poses the question like when you don't have anyone like who do you have to rely on other than yourself yeah. and so it's like you have to have self-love because nobody else is there's going to be times in your life where there's no one else who is capable of loving you for you like misato is a character that is uh that essentially validates or you know validates shinji a lot of the time uh but she is now incapable of being there for shinji or for asuka really emotionally like she she's dealing with stuff with kaji and so it's yeah. like um, she's got her own problems yeah she's every everyone has their own problems and, and they refuse to help each other and and yeah they can well they're they're basically incapable of of helping each other a lot of the time uh like yeah. emotionally so it's it's like you have to when when people are too busy focused on themselves and their own issues you only have you and so it's important to love yourself is the ultimate thesis statement of it because there's not going to necessarily be uh a uh you know a whole village of people to take care of you and say mm -hmm. that you're awesome so it's a yeah you're on the plane the plane's crashing the oxygen masks come down you got to take care of yourself before you can take care of someone else exactly um, <laughs> uh, and uh, on that subject, Masato is starting her investigation into Kaji's death at this point. Uh, she's now a, dive rolling herself. She's now the she, Kaji can't dive roll anymore, so Masato will dive roll for <laughs> both of them. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, so there's a little scene with her on a park bench. A long, long shot here. I think this is the first like minute when they do the first time they do that minute long single shot. <laughs> animation money saver <laughs> with her and uh, Makoto Hugo Makoto talking about Sile and they're just kind of talking about the plot I don't think they say anything important I don't remember though it it is really interesting because like uh, Makoto is very um he's a character that sort of is revealed later to have a crush on Masato and he kind of helps her through the remainder of the show in place of Kaji for the most yeah. part so that's 
that's really interesting and she doesn't even care about him she's just like no not even <laughs> not even she's aware. aware of his presence i think she likes him but she doesn't yeah she's not he's not important to her yeah um, exactly <laughs> Uh, on that subject, Asuka tries to reach Kaji, but Kaji's not there. He's not on the other end of the phone. And it's it's interesting how such an incidental character is so integral to like the the makeup or the 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 network of characters. Like you take out that one element, and suddenly everything collapses on that point. It's like it's really crazy. Yeah, Makoto kind of... is just so key to the cast. No, uh, I mean <laughs> Kaji. <laughs> Why did you say Makoto? That doesn't even make sense as a joke. He's still there. We were just talking about Makoto, and then you segued to Kaji without saying Kaji, so I was just, I was just oh. riffing. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I did. I said Kaji. I must have cut out. I said she tries to call Kaji on the phone. Oh, that's right. That's right. You did say that. Okay, I'm just, I'm just being an idiot. Onk. <laughs> Don't come for me. Uh, <laughs> so lots of little character beats going on here. Asuka sees Shinji and Rei together. She's deeply ashamed of her loss, and she's taking it out on Rei and Shinji. She's she's angry at them for reasons she doesn't even really vocalize. She doesn't even really give a reason why she hates Shinji or Rei or Misato in this episode. She just doesn't like them. She just hates them. I think the I think the fact is that they look happy together is the thing, and she yeah. is deeply unhappy herself. So she feels and isolated, is, and and well, she she hates the fact that these two characters, that she considers characters that are superior to her as pilots, like mm-hmm. they're all happy and whatever while she's stewing, and it's she's prideful. It's, it's not a romantic thing. She's not like going. No, no, like, no, 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 no. Wow, no. Shinji and Ray together. I I do not ship. I should be with Shinji or whatever. No. That's not what's happening. It's, no, it's, not at all. It's definitely more of a, like, how can they be happy when I'm so unhappy? I should be entitled to that or whatever. I, like, I think that's... she doesn't want to be looked down on either. Yeah. I think she's thinking like, oh, they're together. They're also they're ignoring her. They're not like I am. They're <laughs> not even acknowledging her presence, which also speaks to the problem with her mother, right? Like being yeah. neglected. And so it's like, I don't even know if they see her, though. They don't. That's the thing. But I feel like that. I think that's part of the point. Is like the oh, motif of gotcha. I'm not being seen. I'm, like that sort of stuff. So there's there's yeah. also that element to it. That's also well. one of the director's cut scenes they added. Yes, it is a it is a scene that they added. Um, why do you think they added it? Um, I think just to add more. I think one thing that's lacking in the original episode, we just skimmed it, but I think is uh interactions between oscar ray and shinji uh because mm-hmm. she doesn't yeah so this sort of this this is, gives a little setup for those later scenes where she's gonna ray's gonna confront her and she's gonna have that conversation with shinji um well speaking of uh so they have an awkward family dinner the the three masato oscar and shinji they're just sitting down eating oscar's stewing and masato's distracted so they're not talking masato's stooping re- yeah Asuka stewing, Masato souping, Shinji's ramening. Okay. Pen no. Pen is there too. <laughs> uh, Masato's just drinking her beer. She's an alcoholic now. Um, I mean, she probably always was, but it's getting She worse. always was. <laughs> yeah. 
and they're not talking. And then the phone rings, and they all kind of like awkwardly sit there, and Oscar doesn't want to answer it. Um, oh yeah, Misato tells Asuka, answer the phone. Asuka says, I'm not answering that. It's just going to be Kaji calling for you. Uh, even though she was calling him earlier. I guess she, yeah, she doesn't want to answer the phone and have Kaji be like, hey, I want to talk to someone else. Because I guess that's humiliating to her, which is fair enough. Um, so that happens. And then Shinji's like, okay, I'll just answer the phone. Because Shinji, I guess, is feeling well adjusted right now. <laughs> for some reason. Well, you know, episode 19 was a high point for him in some ways, so he's yeah. he's riding off that a little higher than everyone else, I think. Um, yeah. yeah. So he, he's feeling okay. So he goes to answer the phone, Asuka starts making fun of him, like, oh, the invincible Shinji's getting up to answer the phone, sorry to trouble you, man, like, even though Shinji didn't say anything to her, just showing how sensitive she is. You gotta be better at answering the phone, too. <laughs> Why answering the phone when I refuse to, huh? <laughs> and he doesn't even, like, acknowledge that she said anything. Because she, like, afterwards, he's just, like, his talk star. Like, she didn't say anything to him. He's either so adjusted to her, like, BS. Or, like, he's just, he just doesn't care anymore, really, it seems like. Or he just seems to accept that this is Asuka being Asuka, I guess. Uh, um... Yeah, and when he answers, it's Oscar's relatives, right? It's Oscar's mom, her stepmom, yeah. or no, yeah, her stepmom from Germany, from, from Germany. Deutschland, Deutschland. And uh, so Oscar talks to her on the phone. Her, the Japanese actress's German is really bad, and even I can tell, even though I don't speak German. <laughs> uh it's pretty obvious. Yeah, uh, it's it's German. It's uh. Germanglish. I don't know how to say that, but you know, like English or whatever. Yeah, you but just add yeah, the word it's English. the German equivalent. There's no L in. in oh no, it's German. It's <laughs> the R. Yeah. You know, they can do the R fine. The R is fine. It's the L they can't do. So yeah. Um, <laughs> this is also a fun kind of thing. But Shinji's wearing like an XTC shirt during this whole exchange what and whatever. Uh, XTC is a is a band. Uh, it's oh, a pretty okay. famous. I think it's a London-based band, um, kind of a rock band, and mm. they did they did a song famously called "Dear God" or whatever that is uh, has a lot of religious kind of uh, overtones to it. So that's it's a really famous song, um, but uh, it, it's just interesting that he's an XTC fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, all the music he listens to is like pop. I think isn't it? Anytime we hear him listening to music on his walkman yeah yeah the walkman has all these yeez pieces of soundtrack slash j-pop kind of stuff uh it's i guess it's just the case that um the the staff couldn't have any licensed soundtracks that that they couldn't like obtain easily because a lot of the a lot of the music that shinji listens to on his walkman is from uh yeez and is sung by misato's voice actress right so it's a it's something that they have a direct connection to. Um Except for Roger Joy. What's the only it was, thing he listens to? Yeah. Uh and as as kind of Asuka's talking to her family on the phone, um Shinji basically confronts her about like her mother and 
was just like, oh, it's it's good that you have a nice relationship with your mom. I mean, he's staring at her for presumably like 20 minute <laughs> yeah, phone they conversation. Away. They <laughs> cut away while she's talking on the phone. They presumably have this long conversation. And Shinji's just sitting there staring at her the whole time. And I'm like, this is I guess, awkward. I guess it's just the fact that Shinji really... Uh, it's something that he wants to have is like a connection to his parents. So maybe he's intrigued mm-hmm. by that. I think it's he like, says that. He literally says that. He says, it's so nice that you have someone to talk to. I wish I had that. I think he literally yeah. says that. Yeah. So maybe he's trying to live vicariously through not understanding this German conversation. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't know what they were saying even. Um, yeah. It, it, it's funny too that uh, she, Oscar kind of lightens up here a bit too. So, I, I mean, she might not, her relationship with her stepmother is interesting because it's not like she hates her stepmother. She doesn't say like, "Oh, she's a horrible person." She's like, "Ah, uh, you know what? I've just never really, never really been super comfortable around her." Which she tells Shinji because her guard is down because she was talking to you know someone she cares about and someone she loves and mm-hmm. who loves her. And um, it's not so like with uh, it. it's not like with Jessica Pence and her father, for example. No, no, not like Je- <laughs> that's a totally different relationship. Jessica Pence. And her father, they, they can't even be in the same room together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, so that's heavy what, philosophical If you want to know what we're referencing, by the way, check out our bonus episodes on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good plug. Good plug. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a nice little scene. Nice little scene to give Asuka a bit of uh, humanity. In the, this episode where she's horribly tortured. Um, <laughs> also, I my, one of my notes here says, this is what German people are like. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, horribly yeah, she tortured. Her, she, she gets mad at herself for confiding in Shinji. And then Shinji says, oh, I'm sorry. And then she goes, oh, stop apologizing. And she gets mad at him. And then my comment is, this is what German people are like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next scene, she's kind of on her period. Is that right? In the bathroom? Uh, they're doing, when did they do the sink test? This is after the sink test. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. She's in the bathroom. No, no. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. I'm getting things completely out of her. I was thinking about the other scene where she's in the bathroom on her period. Cause there's two scenes in this episode where she's in a bathroom on her period. <laughs> yeah. Yes. This is where she's looking in the bathtub. Yes. That's the one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she's like kind of being really this is a director's cut specific scene but she's mm-hmm. being really mad at Shinji and Masato and Rei and everything uh and this feels like a very inserted scene in a lot of ways cuz it doesn't like emotionally connect very seamlessly with the previous uh, no. scene <laughs> but but it is sort of just like i'm on my period and raging <laughs> so i don't i yeah uh maybe it's a There's... little justified because of that i, I don't know yeah, she's just having her emotions are erratic because she's ha- experiencing physical displeasure. I mean, Never feels good. A lot of people refer to this scene as well when connecting it to uh, the how disgusting line at the end of EOE, uh, uh, end of Evangelion, yeah. but uh, where it's just like everything is disgusting. It's that's sort of what she's talking about. Um, Did she use the I, same word? I don't think she uses the same word in Japanese, which is why it's it's a little bit. Um, she doesn't say like or whatever like how disgusting yeah. uh i'm i'm almost positive she doesn't uh but yeah mm-hmm. it's it's interesting anyway that people tie that in um 
I really like the way that the scene is animated, though. Like, uh, if you remember, she she kicks it. It's just she kicks the stool, like a stool that Japanese people have to like sit down and wash their hair on. Yeah. And she kicks the stool against the door, and you get this like shadow of the stool coming at the door, and then like bouncing off and it's just this really beautiful moment it's a very attention to detail very cinematic type of moment uh with very little uh i love that it's one of my favorite it's one of my favorite shots animated shots of this episode in spite of how trivial it is (laughs) um and uh miss we cut to misato after yeah misato's listening yeah yeah and she kind of has like bit of understanding you know about what Oscar's well, she's, going she's sort of just sitting there silently in this part that note is referred to somebody else sorry um <laughs> the, uh well she's, she's more concerned there. she's right? concerned she's kind but she doesn't go and talk to her she doesn't knock on the door and say like, hey oscar she just sort of listens to her well um which ties which sorry ties into how she's feeling she's not able to help right now it, it, yeah. it almost hammers that in yeah um and then we get to the next scene where she does defend Asuka. She tries to defend Asuka because um, her, her sync numbers are low. And Ritsko's like, this is this is atrocious. Ritsko is really mean about Asuka in this episode. And then Masato cuts in and says, well, you know, she's, she's on her period. She's having an issue right now. And Ritsko's like, that doesn't matter. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> the, the thing is that Asuka's not able to sync up because of her like her esteem is extremely low mm-hmm. and she's not able to connect to others including the Ava unit who is sort of like an individual it's like a relationship and so Oscar's yeah. relationship with the unit has deteriorated uh, at this point because she herself is so um has like such lack of esteem and in, in and an incapability like Oscar's because of her shame in episode 19 of losing uh while doing a solo mission uh for all intents and purposes that was her point where she should prove herself is now um sees herself as a failure and and is so focused on the fact that she is a failure that she's not able to have like form bonds with people because she's just so like ava is about self-love because the only way uh to connect to others is to come at it from a place of self-love first and Asuka has no such self-love and so is in, unable to connect to other others, including the Ava unit, mm-hmm. um, which is what this, which is what the scene with Asuka and Ray in the elevator is about, in yeah, part. We're going to go that soon. Uh, it's interesting though because like Ray lost just as badly to Zeruel as Asuka did. Like she didn't, she she ran in with one arm and completely failed and got taken out in one attack. But Ray's not being hard on herself and Shinji. He put up a good fight, but he was gonna lose too until the until mommy saved intervened. the day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's um, not even that Shinji was particularly like the victor or the savior of that. Which, yeah. No, it's just that Yui snapped into action. Yeah. The uh, next scene quickly, Masato and Ritsuko are talking. Masato uh, is being really serious. She's yeah, she's pretty upset about her home situation at this point because she's not really able to keep things under control. Ritsuko kind of teases her. I th- in the English, the original English dub, it sounds like she's being nasty, that Ritsuko's being nasty, and she's not really, because the tone in the Japanese is totally like, oh, is your trouble in paradise? You know, she's trying to cheer her up a bit with, like, a bit of a, 
a glib comment, and then Masato like claps the hell back at her. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry I don't live with a bunch of cats like you do. <laughs> and it kind of and then she apologizes. And it's uh yeah, so lots of uh passing the Bechdel test, I guess. <laughs> in in Evangelion with Ritzko and uh, and Masato. <laughs> uh, and then we get to the elevator scene. Love the elevator scene. How do you feel about the the one minute, the one minute long shot here of them I just mean, silently standing on the elevator? There's there's the fact that this is the director's cut, and they could have shortened it, but they didn't. <laughs> I think true. that speaks to how uh, even if it was like unintentional for for the to pad the episode time originally. Yeah uh it it's it's now been embraced as a choice uh because it is just this like heightened tension that keeps like climbing as this elevator goes and you're waiting for it to explode uh and it does eventually uh but weirdly it's ray who instigates it instead of oscar which is very unexpected um Mm. but yeah ray is trying to connect to oscar in some way by by basically being like girl uh, the Ava unit is a person, and you got to treat it like one. Um, and uh, and then Oscar says, "Nah, it's just a dumb doll, uh, just like you." <laughs> so and uh, um, uh, so Oscar objectifying the Ava unit by literally like reducing it to an object uh, is is not helping with her being able to sync with it and and everything like that and. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe she herself is objectifying herself throughout the series, which is yeah. which is not good either. It's like you can't reduce yourself to an object or reduce other people to objects. I think it's like really harmful. And a lot of people can disassociate where they view others as almost NPCs, like non-playable characters in the world. Yeah. And uh, it's it's important to always have that realization that everyone has their own story and they're their main character of their own narrative if that makes sense so it's every everyone's a player in the world um and uh yeah the the scene is kind of straightforward i remember the first time we watched the series when oscar walked onto the elevator i had a very visceral reaction like oh this is gonna be good (laughs) (laughs) uh but i don't have anything else to say about it uh it's in, it's again this the 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 feminineness of Evangelion, and it's not. I mean, the Bechdel test isn't really that important, but like women have conversations with each other where they talk about themselves. They're not just cheerleaders. Even when men get brought up, it's not often in the the context of romance. Like in the case here, where it, I mean, rebuild would go on and reshift the focus to be something about Shinji's dick and whatever, and how they <laughs> they're competing for the love yeah. triangle. But in this situation, when Shinji gets brought up, it's just because she doesn't like the fact that he outstaged her, and that's like yeah. that's mainly what it's about. It's not romantic whatsoever. No, it's, it's the opposite. It's it, oh, I'm just a little girl who needs Shinji to save me. I guess like she's she's mocking that idea. Yeah, like she's she's annoyed about it. Um, and uh, same with vulnerable. Misato and her father. It has it has really nothing to do with romance. It's like revenge and no. 
and well, it's, and not, it's not even that it's about romance. Burden. I mean, you can talk about romance and talk about your own role in a romance, but it's it's not about what do you think Shinji's going to do? What do you think he's thinking? Like they're not they're not the, talking but about. They're that. always connecting the they're usually connecting the male characters to them to themselves. So yes, I think that's exactly. very. They're I think it's very conversation. It, it's it's less about them it's not about them it's about me and and how mm. they are affecting me in some way so mm-hmm. which i think is really cool um cool. and and ray admits that she would die for commander akari which we kind of knew but it's it's interesting to hear her say that um and oscar it makes oscar so mad so that she just slaps her because i think I, I mean on some level oscar must care about ray and think that Ray should stand up for, and Ray should not be the way she is. On some level, that has to be the case. Well, it's like she also sees her as a hypocrite because because yeah. Ray is basically telling her you have to see others as people, like they they're not mm. like these dolls or whatever. And then she's just like, "Well, you're a doll. You're being controlled by Gendo. Clearly, <laughs> it's like you 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 hypocrite. You ab- absolute hypocrite." And it's like I think it. I think it's a great scene because it really shows the. Uh, th- yeah. There's not been so much tension between Ray and Asuka since like episode 16, and this is definitely the peak uh, confrontation between the two. It, it also yeah. completely changes them. They take both of this conversation, they both really take to heart, and we'll see that. They the do. Yeah. Like, Ray starts to disconnect from Gendo, and like, Asuka uh, starts to sort of. Um, you know fall, fall even further until she finally makes that realization she needs to at the end with uh, in the lake um mm-hmm. but yeah it's like oh the ava unit isn't a doll it's my mother <laughs> so yeah um yeah. and then quickly stupid scene where kensuke's at school and he's like no one seems to be here anymore and it's like thanks for reminding us that kensuke is on the show <laughs> show i really appreciate that and, and that's it. That's he'll, the point of this scene. He'll get yeeted <laughs> off screen, I think, by the end of episode twenty-three. So this, yeah, this well, the last time like, we everyone see moved him. away. Kensuke just moved away. I guess Toji's yeah. not around either. He's busy in the hospital. Where is Toji? Anyway, <laughs> he's in the the uh, the one-legged association for one-legged people. Um, he's got one leg now. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we just. I think this is just to say school's over. We're not going back to school. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of a shame. But um, I mean, actually, in the original twenty four script, a lot of that episode is set at the school, and all the characters are still around. But they they changed that. So, um, Oscar, ta- Oscar, in this, like I was saying, Oscar immediately goes and tries to connect with the Ava. She basically takes Ray's advice. She's like, "Well, worth a shot, I guess." So she goes and has this like really crummy shallow pep talk with it to be like you know don't just listen do what i say okay and then she's like what the hell am i doing <laughs> it's a funny scene well the pro i think the problem is as well is that she's commanding it like it's a like it's a puppet again or a doll so that's yeah yeah she doesn't understand she doesn't yeah, understand she's, but it's just, she's yeah. it's not a conversation so much as it is like orders it's very yeah mm-hmm. uh well, she just doesn't know what she's doing. She's, it's not about talking, having a conversation with her. It's, a, it's about, like, letting your guard down. Yeah. It's interesting that Ray would say that, considering Ray is not very emotional. But uh, And then we have the uh, angel shows up. This is the at the 13-minute mark. We finally get an angel. This is not written by Akio Satsukawa, despite the fact that the angel appears when the angel would Roughly appear in a Satsukawa episode. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's a midpoint. It's, it's interesting because they usually, they usually appear at the start of Act Two, but this is like the middle of Act Two almost. Um, yeah, yeah, midpoint twist. That's usually yeah. uh, that's like um, uh, it's it's a kind of culmination of events. That's pretty common where it, the dynamic shifts. Yeah, yeah. It's also interesting because um, usually the angel, like usually the angel appearing is the start of the conflict. But in episode, and the reason it's always in the Satsukawa episode is because Satsukawa doesn't write stories about the angels. He writes stories about character conflict. That's why the angel appears so late because the angel's not that important. Um, and that's the case with this episode is the conflict is Asuka sucks, <laughs> right? Like Asuka's not being a good pilot. She, her life is in trouble. It's yeah, not but... about Ariel is a problem. We need to stop Ariel, which is the angel for this episode. Uh, what does his name mean, Michael? It means light of God, and he's the angel of the birds. Uh, not the bees, though. Not the bees, no. but but not the birds. The and so it makes sense that you'd have Ariel be like this uh, coming in from space and generally being kind of bird-like. This is one of the cheaper budgeted-looking angels. It, it it's kind of it doesn't really have any uh, details whatsoever. It's just no. kind of some random wings in the sky. <laughs> so <laughs> it's so effective, though. It, it it is, and this is one of the more this is one of the more iconic angels, one of my top top angels, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. top thirteen for sure. I'm just kidding. Top th- uh. <laughs> top, probably top top four or something. So oh, how many are, are there? Fifteen. Uh, yeah. There's more than in rebuild. I think there's like maybe like twelve, or eight in rebuild, 10 and thirteen rebuild in the original series. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Um, but uh. I would say Liliel, Ariel, um, Kaoru, and Zeruel are kind of my top four, I want to say. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Not in that order, necessarily, <laughs> but necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> um, my top, I like a lot of them. Zeruel, Ersfiel, Ariel, Armisale, Tabitha. So, Asuka sees this as kind of like an opportunity to prove herself right and right. so she she kind of just like goes and he- charges head first into trying to fight the angel well i mean initially yeah. uh masato is like okay oscar you're gonna take up point two and provide backup for ray and oscar's like what are you kidding me no <laughs> so she charges into battle immediately because she's eager to prove herself masato says that's fine that's okay this will be her last chance. And Ritsko kind of iterates that because, okay, there's a weird moment here in the dub. I was watching the dub of the director's cut, the original dub, the, um, I think it's the ADV, ADV director's cut dub. Yeah. And uh, Ritsko at one point says, if she fails, pardon my language, that bitch Asuka won't be a pilot anymore. <laughs> Which I was like, that's it's ex- that's extremely inaccurate, crass, and kind of random to be honest. It's it, really weird. It's like Ritzko, what do you have against Oscar? I mean, I know that her sync ratio isn't high. Have you but... ever spoken to Oscar? <laughs> like, you don't really talk to she the kids. She wouldn't even know she's. A... <laughs> like... Anyway, two thousands dubs. They are a lot freer Ritzko... in ways which were amusing. And sometimes a little more, like there's a bit more personality there, but like that was a weird moment. Ritzko is more like disassociating from Yeah, the it's pilots. just a weird thing for Ritzko to say too, because Ritzko's not an emotional character. No, no, no. <laughs> she's she's disassociating from the fact that like 
you know, they are children and she kind of is viewing them as expendable in part because I think she has her own guilt regarding Ray and like the yeah. creation of Ray and everything. So it's like, I don't, she's, she's involved in the thick of it, like Ritzko. And yeah. I, I think there's some guilt manifesting in the way that it's like, when I don't, uh, I don't oh, think well. she cares about them as anything, but she doesn't, resource. yeah, yeah, she doesn't, yeah, she's seeing them as a resource more than anything. And so she, she even says, it's like, oh, we can replace Asuka. It's whatever, you know. Like yeah. that's what we're gonna do. Uh, not that not, 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 not that she thinks job. that Asuka's is gonna die or whatever. It's it's more no, no, of like no. uh, we're gonna she's ship in Kauru or her. something. Yeah, she's, she's only concerned with operations. She's the operations manager yeah. or whatever. That's her job. That's all she cares about. She doesn't care about their personal issues. And Shinji isn't allowed to help. He's not. He's not yeah. being deployed because I th- Unit One is pretty valuable at this point. It's taken on the S two engine. They don't it's, know what it's gonna do. Yeah, That's what the problem is they don't know what's gonna happen if they put it in battle. Yeah, and it's and it's going crazy. It's been going crazy recently and everything mm-hmm. like that. And uh, yeah, um, but Shinji's usually the one to step in and really help Asuka in a time of need, like he's done so in in nineteen and Magma Diver and uh, mm-hmm. in several occasions. And it's kind of the he could he could save her, but he's not able to this episode. Yeah, he wants I, to. He even yeah. is just like, Dad, let me go help her. Because at this point, he's uh, he's kind he cares of cares about Oscar. Yeah, we've established he, even in this episode that he he really cares about Oscar. He really likes her, even though she's horrible to him. Um, I, I also think Oscar doesn't mind as much, even though she said she does. I don't think Oscar minds as much when Shinji comes and rescues her. I think she not that she likes it, but I think she it's it's less humiliating to her than when Ray does it. Yeah. Um uh and then my one of my favorite moments in this whole show where uh Asuka's just sitting there and you hear the dun 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 and she's waiting for the angel to come into range and you see the viewfinder coming together and then just all of a sudden you hear Messiah just that's the name of the song just playing over it's da 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 yeah. da, da, da um it's such a cool moment. I think this is the first time they use classical music in an not in an anime, but in Evangelion. Yeah, um, they'll continue to sort of use it from here on out, including the movie, but um, yeah, including the movies, but yeah, yes. it, Death and Rebirth also has plenty of classical music. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it, this becomes a stylistic choice from here on out. I I hear that Ano actually wanted more classical music to begin with, but then something about the executives were like nah you know like I th- i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure uh the opening of ava was originally going to be a classical piece of music and then it wound up being changed to the you know that that one yeah. so it's a uh it but but i guess Anno had an excuse now to start using classical music because they yeah. were they were running out of money. Though you wouldn't, you wouldn't get that from I this. I think episode. it's a budget issue. Yeah, I think they yeah. save money by using a public domain song. They don't have to pay Shirosaki Su for another, another banger, mm. another Shirosaki Su banger. Yeah. Um. Uh. They they were using the temp track. Uh. In this situation. <laughs> um. But it really works well. I mean, angels being associated with old religious music is kind of perfect in the first place. And uh, uh. What's What's really interesting as well is there is this uh, disconnect between how beautiful and what the song is about, which is about like loving God and things like that yeah. and, and God's love and stuff. And then you get just get this horrific scene. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's a there's a huge um, uh, like cognitive dissonant element 
in a way to this uh that i really really like it's cool it's very cool um and, yeah. and it's really what they do with it every time it's always a, a and it's always a it's not just classical music it's always religious anthems because they're all the ones they use are all i mean a lot of classical music is but they're all religious anthems they're not about concepts they're all about god uh, messiah is about god Ode to joy is about god um, well, it's Beethoven's fifth. Well, or air. They also ninth. use air He's and. Just, yeah. Air. Um, oh, air. Is air not about God? I, I'm not sure, but it's it's done by uh, the one guy who really likes God, so maybe it is about God. <laughs> well, so. the, the three main ones I'm thinking of are Messiah, Beethoven's ninth, and uh, Jesus Mind. I can't say it. Oh, Jesus Biblia Mind Fjord, or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, those three. And those are all definitely religious anthems. I mispronounced that like crazy. Um, Okay. okay. (laughs) People know what we're talking about. The one from Jesus Blibet Mind Fjord, or whatever. I don't know. I don't think it's Mind Fjord. Whatever it is. Okay, so. (laughs) Jesus is my leader, the great leader. Uh, (laughs) This is is a very famous scene. It actually has a TV trope page uh that cites this as the origin of it which is uh mind sexual assault let's just put it that way or whatever but yeah is it mind rape or mind the other thing it's it's the rape one it's on tv tropes because the 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 thing is that oscar's mind is being invaded like violated essentially she's being violated yes yeah so trigger warning in hindsight (laughs) He, that's why i was trying to sort of tiptoe around the language but yeah say um it's a very brutal scene in a lot of ways that is composed via a lot of really limited animation techniques and it's actually mm-hmm. fantastic how effective it really is and how insanely disturbing this whole thing is so um he shall live forever and ever and uh it's kind of haunting (laughs) so asuka is we get more insight into um her like life and past and how she feels about herself um get more doll imagery more doll imagery Um, The, the angel can't be beaten incidentally by the way it's above them it's beyond them it's up looking down on them torturing them like a god which i think like is a important. puppet is puppeting them like a and yeah she's, they're all puppets to the the angel yeah um uh, and she and it's making her do things she doesn't want to do it's toying with her so yeah the, the it, theming is very strong here it's basically also almost directly confronting her and saying like this is what you are and it reduces her to like the simplest version of herself like imaginable yep. it's just like um you are nothing but these these three qualities or whatever and yeah. uh it's a the, very the four quotes um <laughs> um chance chance <laughs> i'm oscar langley sorry <laughs> which the dub didn't notice that all like when she's doing this because it's just repetitive and you think oh it's just over and over again the same thing whatever and I never knew this. And I was looking at the wiki and, I, and it mentioned this, that like each time it's a different actor playing Oscar for that bit. It's Kotono Mitsurishi and then, uh, I, I don't know the rest of their name, Megumi Hayashibara. And then all, all the rest of them, uh, it's Maya, Hikari, and Ritsuko. 
and they're all playing Asuka in this bit, and she's saying, that's not me, that's not me, because it's not her, it's another actress playing the part, which is really interesting, and and the dub didn't do that, the dub didn't notice, so it's just, it was just, um, uh, what's her name? It's almost uh, like, it's almost like the angel asserting that this is how others see you, like, this is, it's using yeah. other people's voices to say, like, uh, this is this is what you've projected onto everyone else, and this is how they think about you. They think that you're this hot-headed, wants to prove yourself, uh, yeah. POS, like just like uh, um, sexualizing herself, kind of deal and whatnot. And it, yeah, it's it's a, it's it reduces it reduces her to an, uh, in in many ways like a simplified object, like asserting that she is kind of a doll in some ways mm. so um, it's also in it's also similar to we, we recently did a bonus episode on our patreon available now about tara from teen titans and uh that's and it's very similar the sort of self-reflective elements of it are really similar i noticed um well, yeah with the control but... sort of theme and whatnot yeah 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 and the mirrors there's a, a mirror theme or self-reflection theme so that's that's really cool it's really interesting wouldn't be the first time teen titans plagiarized ava well yeah wouldn't apparently be the last. uh <laughs> <laughs> no, literally just... shot from ava in teen titans <laughs> um the the repetitive cyclical nature of the scene too with the chants and whatnot like that <laughs> is it really taps into like the definition of insanity you know it's like the same mm-hmm. thing over and over again and that sort of thing it, it drives it's you crazy film technique too right mr film <laughs> yeah to to have repetitive imagery like over and over it it does it's like very uneasy and it's a discomforting kind of film technique for sure so um and uh and then we get the scene with oscar wandering through the train tracks there are train tracks below um mm-hmm. which is mostly shinji's thing but <laughs> this is a director's cut kind of scene and uh the train has always represented kind of running away uh, from your problems in some ways. Uh, but, the, the, you know, the, there, I think the funny thing is, is that she's not on the train, right? She's outside on the tracks and it's just like kind of uh, at the station and it's like, you can't really run away. You're not going anywhere. You can't go anywhere. <laughs> you can't run away from this. And uh uh, she gets bombarded by these cloaked figures and whatnot. Uh, and again, like a director's cut exclusive scene. And yeah, Asuka is terrified to disappear into a crowd and not stand out and be the center of attention type of deal. And that's what that's kind of about. So it's just like, I need to, I can't be lost in this this crowd. Uh, and then <laughs> we get the funniest thing, which is... <laughs> which is uh the scene between shinji and kaji where oh yeah uh, <laughs> where where what are you doing with him <laughs> it's uh it's basically a, a recreation of the scene where kaji and misato were on their date in episode 15 but instead of misato being there it's <laughs> kaji's with shinji <laughs> And it's implying that Kaji's boning Shinji, and then Asuka gets jealous about that. Like, it's real she's, weird. She's it's real like, weird. She's like, you can't upstage me. Not in this way. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's very, uh, 
it's very hilarious. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah. It's like, what is going on between you two? I think that's one of the, the last notable uh, scenes in, in this sort of trip out sequence too, which yep. which makes it even funnier. Uh, and it transitions <laughs> to her in a, in the unit and she's just like, I want Shinji's help, but I, I don't want his help. <laughs> Yeah, uh, she wants she wants help, but she can't ask for it. She's too proud. So yeah, and that ties into how her hatred of her childhood self and of dolls is. Uh, my interpretation of that is that maybe she feels too weak. She was too weak to help her mother, and she loathes her own weakness. I think that might be a part of it. I think that's kind of what you're getting at a bit earlier. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we uh, we get more horrific image imagery. Uh, and uh, Asuka's being tortured, and she's calling for help. She's crying for Kaji. Kaji's dead, so he can't help her. Uh, she's she's literally in the, the worst trouble, and the bridge crew just can't do anything. Um, Shinji wants to jump in and help, but he's not allowed to. He he has a conversation with Gendo here, which I also thought the last time they spoke was in, like, 19, but apparently not. Uh, but they're not really talking about anything personal. This is just literally a totally efficient, like, business scene, basically. Uh, yeah, and, and like yeah, and like Shinji will often jump to Asuka's rescue, I think, as you pointed out in the past. But now, we, and now we can't do it. Uh, and then there's a weird bit here where Masato loudly, because Gendo's plan is okay, send Ray into Terminal Dogma. She can get the Spear Longinus from Adam, quote unquote. And Masato's like, wait, no, we can't do that. What if an Ava comes into contact with with Adam? Then we could start another impact. And then Gendo doesn't say anything. And Masato's like, oh, that was a lie. But she's loudly announced to the whole bridge crew, like Makoto, like Hyuga, Ioba, Maya, are all sitting right there. And she's like, wait, what about the top secret angel that we have locked up in the basement? <laughs> do they know about it? I don't think they do. No, they they wouldn't know about it. So... Um, <laughs> I'd be curious to see if that was in the director's cut or if... If that was a it's scene in the they director's added. cut for sure. I don't know if it's in the original. That's what I'm wondering. It's like yeah. is that because there was less stuff with uh with Lilith in the original on air version. Mm-hmm. I think they added that even into the the Redux on air version that you'll get on the Blu-rays. Um like they added some stuff with Lilith. Um but yeah. Yeah. And uh and then there's a really cool scene. Do you remember this scene? Um Gendo and Fuyutsuki are talking about their plan. And as they're talking, we see shots of Unit Zero descending down into Terminal Dogma. And it just, it just, it's so um, classical to me. It's so like, it's so like something from the Enid or something like where the hero is descending into Hades. And like, like the Unit Zero is like wading through the water. It's almost like wading through the river Styx or something. Uh, it's, it's just like this yeah, one and little short pulls- segment. It's so cool. It pulls the spear and everything, and yeah, yeah. They they added more to this in the director's cut. I'm pretty sure, and mm-hmm. uh, and it, it it juxtaposes Gendo's talking, so it almost gives you this narrative sense that Gendo is the one encroaching into the kingdom of God, into the land of the dead, to do this thing he's not supposed to do, which is really interesting, very effective, very well done. Um, yeah, it's it's incredible to me uh how cool this is and the and the they play a different part of uh, messiah which people aren't as familiar with during this part too which just it just sounds so cool it's such a neat bit 
it's it's a different movement, I think, from what people are normally accustomed to. And there's a lot of talk of like prophecy and predetermination here. Uh, and and Fiusky says something like, "You shouldn't disobey the council." And Gando says, "I don't care about that. We have to do this." And he's like, "Why are we doing this?" And he says, "It's enough that there's a reason to do it. That we need to destroy the angel." And everyone seems to have forgotten about Oscar this whole time. So, <laughs> is... and then Ray comes up like a total badass and mm -hmm. throw, hurls the lance all the way through Ariel, killing it. Um, and upstages Oscar yet again <laughs> with the uh, <laughs> by uh by Ray basically defeating the angel, which is exactly what Oscar didn't want the most. And from here on out, Oscar's ratio sync ratio will be like so bad that she can't even operate the unit. It's it's like, yeah, that happens in the next yeah. episode. And um, the, the spear's out in space. They can't reach it. They used it to destroy God, and now it's beyond their reach. And everything just went really bad for Asuka today. <laughs> she did not improve. Nothing good happened. It was a descent for sure. Um, and comes from the fact that she's just... She's so she's so self-absorbed self and self-obsessed in some ways that she can't connect to others, even though that's really what she wants at the end of the day. Uh, is to be able to connect to others, um, and uh, and Shinji tries to make that connection in the last scene where he tries to comfort her, and be there for her. Like he's really concerned with about her, and she just mm -hmm. screams about how much she just hates him and whatnot. <laughs> and that's the that's the ending. Is that I I think it's even directed in a way where she's like quarantined, and things, if I'm not mistaken where yeah she's behind she's behind a tape a yellow tape or something i don't think she's yeah, actually she, quarantined but they use the imagery to show that she's isolated from them yeah she's like behind this tape and shinji's not allowed to cross and it's this great image too where we get like mm -hmm. a shot of his feet and how he's and we can't we don't see his face at all we get a shot of his feet and then for him from behind and her from behind as well uh and he can't step over that line to make that connection it is a symbol it's symbolic but it's also very like literal too uh mm -hmm. and they've they've externalized the external here with these shots where it's like he's trying to he's trying to connect but she just is impossible like she will yeah. refuse to to do so She's got um, around her heart yeah yeah the, this is so. my at field a barrier oh, which you cannot field. i mean it is actually it's an orange and red tape and it's got the lines on it and everything like yeah. that and it, it evokes the at field pattern which is kind of interesting so um yep and so that the the climax is really at the very end of the episode there's no denouement evangelion likes this denouement but they they didn't do one for this episode really um there's no nothing after the action except for this little short scene and yeah that was the episode i love this episode i love it even more now i I've noticed so many things i hadn't noticed before and it's, it's just so good it's a great episode oscar's one of the best characters in the in the in anything <laughs> so i think she's super cool and really complex and very interesting so thank you so much for listening to our podcast uh this uh, was if you want to hear us talk more about oscar this week on our bonus <laughs> show on our bonus episodes on patreon uh we're going to be talking more about her we're going to be doing yeah. a little bit of a breakdown of her character over the course of the show so yeah look forward to that and we'll see you guys next time we'll this has been go time. jesus i'm alex
and we're going to sign off. Goodbye.